Hey y'all, welcome back to the Lip Bay Podcast. I'm your host, Kerwin. Um, today's episode, we are going to dedicate to Third Eye Books. They are located in Portland, Oregon. Uh, Third Eye Books was founded in 2019 by Michelle Lewis and Charles Hanna. Third Eye Bag specializes in African-centered books, accessories, and gifts in the Portland metro area. Um, I have spent a pretty penny via online. Unfortunately, I was never able to go to the uh, real store, Um, but I've been buying books from them like crazy since the pandemic started. Um, They have a really great selection, so I highly recommend this bookstore. And yeah, so please go ahead and check out their website. It is thirdeyebag.com. I also follow them on Instagram. I actively follow them on Instagram, and they've been doing these... uh, well, they haven't done one lately, but they were doing some socially distanced like pop-up shops, which were really cool. I don't know if any more of those are coming up, but I hope so. I would love to go to one. Um, so also, uh, if that's your thing, follow them on social media. They are at Third Eye Bag on Instagram. I think they're also on Facebook, too, if you're on Facebook. Um, it's imperative that we support indie bookstores, especially BIPOC-owned bookstores. Um, I've purchased from them multiple times, and I only have great things to say about their service. The books come super fast, um, and they have a phenomenal selection. So highly recommend you check out Third Eye Books for any of your bookish bookish needs. Uh, they also sell tarot decks, too. I was really surprised. So I bought the Hoodoo Tarot deck from them as well, which I really... I haven't actually used it, but it's very nice to look at. Um, I haven't opened the the deck yet but I will very soon so the word of the day is bibliophile a bibliophile is a person who loves or collects books bibliophile is a noun um I'll use it in a sentence for you our English teacher was a bibliophile who took pride in her book collection and making sure titles were in alphabetical order so I also don't think I even mentioned that this is a bonus episode woo where we focus on books this episode. Um, I was going to do an episode where I went through every single book that I read this year. And then I was like, this episode is going to be like a million years long. So actually, I'm just going to pick the books that I really enjoy. Like I really, really enjoyed reading this year. And just give a brief synopsis um, and just entice you to read these books or just entice you to read in general so it's gonna be a fun time stick with me and yeah here we go okay so first we're gonna talk about the testaments by margaret atwood the testaments is a sequel to the handmaid's tale if you're not familiar with the handmaid's tale basically it's like a dystopian world where the government like fully takes over or no 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 is it the government religious oh or is it like a it's a more like religious takeover of the u.s government i guess and then basically all the fertile women it's up to them it's like their duty to give infertile couples a baby so it really covers um the theme of women's reproductive rights um it kind of challenges those and like you know them having a choice over their bodies 
Uh, the book is very alarming. It's very uncomfortable. It is beautifully written and there is some dark humor. So if you're into that, this might be the book for you. As far as the Testaments, it is a sequel. Uh, the story is narrated by three different protagonists. It's super easy to spoil this book if I tell you who the three women are, so I won't do that. I think it's better if you kind of go into this book blindly. So, yeah. Um, but The Handmaid's Tale is actually a show on Hulu if you're interested in watching the show adaptation of it um i think i believe there's three seasons i watched about two and i tapped out at the second season i was like i'm good on this like for me it's like a direct representation of what we're seeing currently with like the administration and everything people trying to take away women's reproductive rights and like not have you know not let them have a choice of what they want to do with their bodies i don't have time for that i don't want to watch that i'm like are we watching fiction we were watching fictional characters go through what we're going through right now i'm like i'm good on that but like you know, it, it is a lot. The show is a lot. It's very dark. It's not easy to watch and it's not like a happy show. So, I, yeah, do what you will with that information. Um, but reading this book definitely put me in a place of like, okay, I definitely do want to start being active in my local politics. Um, and someone who I've been following, I've been kind of following their journey, following their content is Julesy. Her name, or I'll spell it for you, J-O-U-E-L-Z-Y. Um, yeah, so Julesy, she's on YouTube. She's all over social media. Um, she discusses pop culture and how it affects Black people. She talks about Black history. She interviews politicians. Um, it's just a very refreshing perspective. It's very informative, well-researched fact-checked and I just love her personality she I like I feel like we would be friends um just please check out her content she also has a smart smart brown girl book club that's the name of the book club smart brown girl um so yeah if you're interested in joining a book club where they talk well they have really good book recommendations really great books that they talk about I highly recommend this one um yeah become a member um, or you can also donate to kind of keep these conversations going. So go ahead and check out Smart Brown Girl. Uh, that's Smart Brown Girl on Instagram. And also just check out Julesy in general. Um, she's been doing this for a really long time. Um, and again, it's fact-checked information. So it's not just, oh, how I feel. It's like, it's information, like fact-checked. So yeah, check out Julesy. Uh, this year, she did a whole like segment of episodes called Focus on the State, which kind of goes into local politics and why it's important to follow local politics and not just voting every four years. So please go check her out. That is at Julesy. That is J-O-U-E-L-Z-Y. And hold up, y'all. Actually, I have a word from a sponsor. Okay, so we're going to talk about Queenie by Candace Cardi-Williams. Queenie is a 25-year-old Jamaican British woman living in London. We view her life through her lens as she tackles work, comparing herself against her peers, self-worth, and a messy breakup with her boyfriend, who happens to be white. She's navigating all of this between two worlds, two cultures, because she's British and Jamaican. I saw myself in Queenie a bit uh, when it comes to looking for love in the wrong places and not being able to let go and move on. There's an instance when her ex moves on and she sees the new partner who is the total opposite of her. She's white, petite, skinny, and she starts to compare herself like, what does she have that I don't have? Which is very relatable for me. 
I love that Queenie, the character, was written to have a more realistic body type as well. So I thought that was very good. Uh, we just see her through this journey as she starts to as she starts to question everything. Why are you doing the things that you do? What do you want out of life? These questions are super relatable as a woman because I frequently question everything I do and the decisions that I make. I have to be mindful of my actions and hold myself accountable for how I make myself and others feel. And my main takeaways from this read were accepting the love we think we deserve and not allowing ourselves the space and time to be sad and heal from what hurt us. So a lot of really relatable things in there. I really enjoyed Queenie. I would highly recommend reading Queenie. And that's it. So on to the next book, Children of Blood and Bone by Tomi Adiemi. Um, Children of Blood and Bone follows Zeli and as she tries to restore the magic to her kingdom of Orisha. Uh, as a young child, her village was burned to the ground where she also lost her mother, who was also a magical black woman. Her and her brother, Tazane, go on a journey to restore magic, and they meet up with Amari, who is a royal that does not agree with the practices of the kingdom. After her father kills her closest friend, who is also a servant, she dips out. And Enon, who is... Amari's brother, who is sent to either bring her sister back or to kill her on sight. I forget which one she, he's supposed to do. Somehow, Enon catches the, <laughs> catches the magic while he's on the journey to find his sister. And it's inner turmoil for him because his father hates magic and wants it gone. And he knows that his father will never accept him for being a magical being. So now he's put in a very like interesting spot. So he's trying to figure out how to get rid of magic before he returns back to the kingdom to his father. Uh, this book is full of action. I had a ball reading it. It is pretty lengthy. I would say she is very thick. I think it was 500 something something pages. Um, I think this would also be considered a YA, like young adult thing, but it was pretty good. I must say it had me, it had me uh, in the zone when I was reading it. So whatever. And also, the book also has very relevant themes about like police brutality and violence and police brutality against and violence against children, I would say too. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a very good book, very relatable themes to today. Um, and I think everybody should be reading this book. It's, it was a fun ride. It, you know, it was, it was emotional at times, obviously. And the cover art of this book is gorgeous. Next up, we are talking about Kindred by Octavia E. Butler. Um, I actually have a whole episode on the book where I go through some themes and talk about the book. Um, this was one of my favorite books of, I guess all of these were sort of my favorite books of the, of the year, but this one really opened up my mind to the sci-fi, yeah, to the sci-fi space without it but like relating to race and class, I should say. Because when I think of sci-fi, I usually think of like space, aliens, all that good stuff. But like this was like sci-fi that really put to the front like race, class, all that good stuff. So I was like this, I want more of this in my reading, in my reading world. Also, in that episode, Kindred, I made a geographical boo-boo, which I'm going to go ahead and correct right now. I know that Charleston is in South Carolina, not North Carolina, but I think I said Charleston, North Carolina. And when I were like, <laughs> when I listened to that back, I was like, ooh, that's not right. So I have a bachelor's degree, y'all. 
I know geography, okay? I just made a mistake. But anyway, let's go back to Kendra. Kendra follows Dana, who transports back and forth between 1976 Pasadena, California, as a free black woman to the 1800s on a plantation, where she has to play a role as a slave to survive that time period. There, she has first hand experience of the struggle and the routine of life between the slaves on the plantation and the white people and the white people on the plantation uh there is this is a fantastic book to read have a discussion about with friends and family on topics such as racism class and just like the black experience i think non-black people should read this book it is considered a sci-fi read but it really highlights racism and prejudice uh, maybe even a little bit of uh, respectability politics just sprinkled up in there. So yeah, so um, if you are reading your your actively anti-racist texts that are nonfiction and you want to kind of take a break from nonfiction and switch it on over to fiction, but you're still trying to like, you know, read about the black experience and this is just such a important book for us. So yeah, if you just want to switch it over to the fiction side and be like, I'm still trying to learn, but I'm st I still just want to, you know, learn in a in a fiction type way. Kindred is the book for you. I really believe it in my heart. Kindred is the book for you. Next up, we have Hood Feminism by Nikki Kendall. Um, I enjoyed this book immensely because she is originally from Chicago. I got that Chicago representation. Uh, feminism has been a buzzword for the past few years in the media, especially. Nikki covers feminism that is, no, not Nikki, Mickey, Mickey, that's her name. Her name is Mickey with an M. Mickey covers feminism that includes BIPOC people, which is great. Feminine, feminine, feminism should include all women, and most often it focuses mainly on white women. She discusses respectability politics, reproductive rights, fetishization of black women and being sexualized from a young age as a black woman, housing, education, and etc. because these are all feminine issues. Respectability, pol oh, respectability politics are a set of beliefs holding that conformity is prescribed mainstream, prescribed mainstream standards of appearance and behavior will protect a person who is a part of a marginalized group a marginalized group from prejudices and systemic systems. Bam, read that right from dictionary.com, y'all. So feminism should benefit all women. We need our basic needs met, such as safe and reliable housing, livable wage, access, access to health food, healthy food, health care for all, and good education. So I really enjoyed this book. It was very educational. I also would think, I don't think, I, I know you should pick up this book and actually read it from top to bottom, finish it, and have a discussion with some of your friends and family about it. Such an important work, such an important read. Put it on your list. Give it for Christmas. Give it as a late Christmas gift. Ooh, if you're really down, give it for a Valentine's gift. <laughs> Make sure your honey is actively anti-racist. Next up, we have Little Fires Everywhere by Celeste Ng. I have discussed Little Fires Everywhere in great detail in my first episode of this podcast, so please go give that a listen when you are done with this one, if you haven't already. The book follows two families, the Rich Richardsons and the Not-So-Wealthy Warrens. The Richardsons are wealthy. They have access to the best of the best. The Warrens are nomadic. They are bargain hunters. They shop secondhand. I think their mindset is actually great as a duo because they are resourceful and aren't strangers to hard work. Um, a big case tears a sleepy community 
apart and it starts to raise some very important questions. A young Chinese woman who was unable to keep her baby warm one night left her baby at a fire station in hopes that they would warm her up. The local station gave the baby to a couple who had infertility issues in the past in town. So when Bibi Chow, the woman who left her baby at the fire station because she wanted the baby to stay warm, uh, discovers that her baby is alive and well. She fights for custody and people in the community have reasons why the white couple, the white wealthy couple should keep the baby. And they also have reasons why BB Chow should keep the baby. So it splits up the, the community. So some people feel that BB should keep the baby because she did her best to keep the child safe and didn't, you know, she didn't have any knowledge of programs such as welfare to help her because she also spoke little English as well. And then major takeaways from this Story refers to performative activism. People often like to be seen doing philanthropic activity, but when it comes to truly making change, no one likes to get uncomfortable. Uh, they do it for the photos and the applause, but it's not because it's in their character to do the right thing. So, very good book. Uh, there's also a show on Hulu, Carrie Washington, Reese Witherspoon. You know, we talk about, what's that dude's name? Joshua Jackson. I don't know who the, I don't, I haven't seen the kids in any uh, in really anything but the kids did a phenomenal job in that show too i think they were acting their butts off so here for that always so yeah check out little fires everywhere by celeste ing all right kids next up we have the ai who loved me by Alyssa cole uh the first Alyssa cole book that i read was the ai who loved me i got the audiobook i think it's only available on audible i think at this time uh, it was narrated by Regina Hall. It also has Mindy Kaling in it and a couple other people that are well known in that space. Um, it's considered a sci-fi romance. It's very futuristic and cool, very modern. Um, and I love a good sci-fi romance with black women uh, with black women as a protagonist. So you know, go off. Um, I was very excited to read about an interracial relationship that that did not include a white person. I was like, this is nice. This is different. I want more of this, please. Uh, I love that her love, her love interest was Asian. I am here for black women giving themselves more options in the dating scene. And there was a sex scene, y'all. And it was very hot. Uh, as a woman, as a single person in quarantine, in a pandemic, this sex scene was everything I needed, okay? It was everything I needed. So after I got done reading this book, I bought at least five of her other books. I'm reading, I'm like tearing my way through the Reluctant Royal series. They're all like little, ro they're contemporary romance novellas. So they're all like 150 pages. Just tearing through them, girl. Tearing through this romance, okay? But yes, yes, yes. Uh, I'm very excited to just keep reading her work. Um... Also, she has this book that's called When No One Is Watching, which was very popular uh, all fall, all summer. Um, I think it is a psychological thriller. So I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see her like not just sticking to romance. She's like, I'm going to do it all. And I'm here for that, Alyssa Cole. You better work. So, yeah, I'm here for that. Um, I'm also obsessed with black women being made love to in these stories and not just fucked and fetishized. So here for that. Um, I'm here for black women being treated as humans and asking for consent because, you know, you got to do that. Consent is so sexy. It's so attractive. Please ask for consent. Please get consent. 
Um, let's also normalize putting black women's pleasure first. Give me reciprocity, hunty, please. But yeah, I also just realized I didn't really tell you what this book was about. So a real, 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 real short synopsis of this book. Oh, I forgot the girl's name. <laughs> Our main character, she gets hurt in an accident. So she is recovering from an accident, getting her, you know, physical therapy on, all that good stuff. And then her neighbor, oh, I think the neighbor like disappears or something, but the neighbor has like a nephew or something that is her age, obviously. Um, and, you know, she was just like, or maybe the auntie like goes away for a long time. Maybe this is why I didn't explain what the book was about because I don't remember. All I remember is the sex scene and I don't feel bad about that. Um, if you have Audible, go ahead and book your next credit for the AI who loved me. We're moving on. Next up, we are talking about Felix Ever After by Case and Calendar. Our protagonist, Felix, is a trans teen. The story starts with the gallery goes up at a school that dead names him and shows photos of who he was before his transition. He realized that he's been hacked and he needs to find out who did this to him. Um, I think this, I keep saying, this is my favorite book of the year. Yeah, it is one of my favorite books of the year. Uh, it was well written, but I actually learned a lot while reading this story. Um, not only about the trans community, but about the many ways in which one can identify. Uh, moving to Portland put the importance of pronouns on my radar before I only thought of men and women. Um, I acknowledge the trans community as well, but I thought that people could only transition, you know, from male to female, from female to male. Um, and I had no idea that trans people can also be non-binary. And now that I say that out loud, that makes a lot of sense. Or well, actually, once I read this book, that also made a lot of sense. I was like, oh, that does make sense. Okay. So I learned a lot from this. It's, uh, you know, it's young adult. So it has a lot of pop culture references in it, which I don't think it takes away from the story. Um, and I just want to push the importance of young adult queer lit for everyone. Uh, I recommend this book to everyone all the time. I think that it's important that, you know, especially as we grow up and we start really reading for pleasure, I think it's important that we are reading, uh, being a well-rounded reader. There you go. Uh, this is also a great piece to have a discussion on, um, especially if you have teenagers at home, whether they are queer or not. Um, I'm also 30 years old and I had a ball reading this entire thing. Um, and I think I just think it's a great discussion piece, honestly, to have with friends and family. I listened to the audiobook and the voice actor did a fabulous job narrating. Shout out to Case and Calendar. The author is also non-binary. I am excited to explore more of their work. Yes. Next up, we have There, There by Tommy Orange. Such a great read. Um, it is a multi-perspective narrative, multiple storylines leading up to a powwow. Most of the characters live in Oakland, California. They express themes of depression, alcoholism, unemployment, and offers us a lens as indigenous people living amongst the whites. Uh, the end of this book had me crying. It had me like bawling. Um, I'm challenging myself to read more Black authors, Indigenous authors, and queer lit, and historical nonfiction as well. So yeah, this was this book was a fantastic start. Um, next up, we have Fifth Season by N.K. Jemisin. Uh, this is the Broken Earth series. 
So the first book is Fifth Season, the second book is The Obelisk Gate, and the third book is The Stone, is the Stone Sky. So I can't really tell you much about the book without spoiling it. Again, it's one of those. Um, it's kind of better that you go into this like fantasy sci-fi book uh, blindly. Uh, just and it's it's the narrator's fault again if I tell you who the narrator is I'm gonna spoil the entire thing for you especially in the first book so I was like you know what I'm just gonna kind of just gonna kind of give you a couple talking points here and hopefully it will it will uh entice you to read this book so I love how this series addresses gender race class and relationships they normalize women having crushes on each other. There's also polyamorous relations in this book. Uh, and they seem to be healthy-ish. The way that Jemison created this whole world is truly amazing. You really have to use your imagination for this one. And it was a ball trying to do that and just kind of see everything in my head. Also, these, these, <laughs> this um, entire series is about black people, people of color. So usually, I feel like usually in the past when we would see like sci-fi space, white would be the default. That is not the case for this whole series. So I highly recommend it. I would recommend if you are new to sci-fi, get the first book first, the fifth season, and see if you like it and see if you want to move on. That's what I would suggest, but obviously you do you. Next up, we have White Negroes by Lauren Michelle Jackson. She discusses how cultural appropriation affects the lives of Black people through food, media, cannabis, the cannabis industry, internet, music, fashion, and much more. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I don't want to give you too much information on it because she goes into really in-depth examples and it's very again well researched fact checked so and everything is cited which I thought was very good so yeah I had a ball reading this book it was very informational very educational so I would highly recommend it the next book I want to talk about is Ties That Tether um this is actually the book that we're going to be discussing in January this book follows Azere who is navigating between two cultures, Canadian and Nigerian, and how it directly affects her, her boo, and old flame, her family, and her boo's family, her boo's family, <laughs> and their friends. Uh, it talks about her experience moving to Canada at 12. She grew up in Nigeria and promised her father that she would marry a Nigerian man before he passed away. And we see how her life doesn't quite go as she had planned. So that's all I'll say there, but yeah, moving on. Next up, we have Can't Escape Love by Alyssa Cole, another Alyssa Cole original. Uh, this is a book in the, in the Reluctant Royal series. This is considered a novella. I devoured it in a day and I could not put it down. We follow Reggie, a successful nerdy gamer, anime-loving black woman. She is disabled and she uses a wheelchair. Um, she used to watch these late night streams by this guy, Gustav, who talked about puzzles and designed escape rooms. They started talking through the streaming app and then lost touch with each other, uh, when he stopped uploading for a while. So Reggie emails Gustav asking to buy all of his audio because she suffers from insomnia and needs them to fall asleep. That's how they kind of rekindle their flame from before. And we find out that now they live in the same city 
And so we watched their relationship flourish. Now, as a single woman during quarantine, personally, Alyssa Cole has been my savior with her romance novellas and stories. Her sex scenes are really great. They're descriptive and it's realistic sex and it's consensual. So I'm always here for that. Um, and I was here for the disability romance experience. Reggie is in a wheelchair and sometimes uses a walker and Gustave, I believe, was autistic. So I want more of that representation because these are very real, like, relationship uh people yeah in wheelchairs and people who are artistic they have romances so we should see more of that next we are going to talk about the vanishing half by Britt Bennett uh it follows I don't know how you say this last name I'm gonna say it's Vigness twins the Vigness twins Stella and Desiree, they grew up in Mallard, Louisiana, which is a city where all the black people are light-skinned. The twins run away from home, and one twin decides to live her life as a black woman, and the other decides to live her life as a white woman because they are both fair-skinned. So, you know, they are passing. We follow their different struggles, navigating through love, relationships, self-worth, racism, and much more. The more interesting part of the book for me was reading about their children's life and struggles as well. So... Yeah, this book was very good. Uh, highly, highly recommend this book. The next book we're going to talk about, I just finished it last night. It was so good, y'all. Oh my gosh. Okay, so it's called Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed. It follows Amira, who is 25 and is struggling to keep up with her friends uh, as far as jobs, making money, promotions, and etc. She just feels behind, according to her friends. Um, but really, it starts off where she's baby, you know, she's a babysitter, so she does that for work. While babysitting, she takes the child that she's babysitting to the grocery store. She's apprehended and questioned by the store security and accused of kidnapping the child she is babysitting. We see Amira tackling a lot of other relatable things in this book, such as boundaries within interracial dating, within the interracial dating space, surviving an encounter with security and choosing not to release the footage because of how it will affect her personally and also staying complacent at jobs because it's more comfortable and not necessarily because you like it. So lots of themes in this book. Um, very good book, very easy read. I think it was like 300 pages. Uh, I finished it in a few days. I thought it was gonna take me a week, but nah, I couldn't put it down, y'all. So very good book. I highly recommend. Uh, moving forward into 2021, I think I'm going to make my reading goal like 24 books. Um, I think, how many books did I read this year? I don't know how many books I read this year. Because I feel like I did like a kind of a reading hiatus mid-year. But then like the last, I want to say the last four, no, the, like the last three months of this year, I've been like, I've been reading like crazy. So if I had to guess, I would say... I would say I'm maybe close to 20 reads for this year. So I think 24 is an actually a good goal, but we'll see. We'll see. I'll make, I'll make things official another time, I guess. But yeah, I can't wait to read more books. I can't wait to meet, read more books by, you know, queer authors, black authors, indigenous authors. I just want to be a well-rounded reader. And I'm also excited to get back into my self-help space and also my non- my nonfiction space in general too. So I can't wait to just kind of get it in there. So yeah, thank you guys for listening. This has been the bonus book episode. I hope I've enticed you to read some books. And if you've already read these books, 
Well, shout out to you then. That's dope. All right. Uh, I will see you guys another time. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.